Beat on Audio, the podcast for writers and all who are interested in books, literature and the printed word. Write on Audio has moved to a weekly format, splitting our content into shorter themed podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss any of our editions. Write on Audio listener contributions. Sharing your writing for the world to hear. Our October listener contribution comes from Alan Lockhead, an engineer and actor from South London. Originally training as an engineer, the door opened to the world of poetry and drama when he attended a public speaking evening class run by the actor George Pensotti at the Mary Ward Centre in London. Alan's poetry has appeared in Women's Weekly and in Write On magazine, and he was a runner-up in the Westminster Council Poetry Competition. Here's Alan to introduce his listener contribution. Hello, my name is Alan Lockhead. I'm pleased and excited to be given this opportunity to share my poems with you. My influences are anything that moves me, whether it's something I see on the television, hear on the radio, read in a book, or experience in it in my day-to-day life. I think poetry is an important and powerful way of expressing our feelings and connecting to the world, and I've found writing my feelings down in a diary or a notebook can be a positive move towards improving my mood. I first started writing poetry when I attended a public speaking evening course at the Mary Ward Centre in London. The tutor. George Pensotti, encouraged me to write and share my poems with the class. It was a light bulb moment for me. The first poem I want to share with you is called Evening Class. It is about the joy I felt at the evening class and George Pensotti's encouragement. Heavy snow in Queen's Square. Tumbling, hushing flakes silence mankind's raging, jarring hurry. In one corner of the square, the Mary Ward building nestling, light from Regency windows beckoning to approaching figures. High ceilings, solid walls, heavy doors cloak the student in a warm embrace. Secure now, quiet. A cosy lifeboat cruising serenely on a frenzied lunatic sea. The walls reverberate to a hundred happy, enlightened voices. A hundred thousand distant kindred souls echo the voices of the present. Oh, happy, joyous hour! A time to relish, a time to savour. I'll always remember the first time I saw the sea and the absolute wonderment I felt. This is about childhood, and it's called Pictures of the Past. Black and white photograph of me age three. Happy sunshine squinted face, tousled hair, thick rib pullovered by the sea. Bucket and spade clanking headlong rush across the wave-ribbed, cold-footed sand to the magic land of rock pools and streams to be damned. In my private kingdom I was master of all I surveyed. I held back the Nile and won the day at Scapaflow. 
My messengers were the gulls, my soldiers the crabs. I was Brunel, Nelson, Churchill and Caesar. How remote my kingdom, how transient, how free. A land of perpetual sun and wind and sea. Where the tide stood still for no one, not even for me. Many years ago, I attended singles club social events and meetings. They sometimes got a bit samey. This is how I felt. It's called the waiters. Here we are again, song. Standing and waiting song. Saturday night out song. Here we are again. Single soiree. Threat of fornication. No chance. Threat of happiness. No chance. Here we are again, song. Standing, talking, being charming, being witty. Why do I feel shitty? Saturday night out again. Talking, talking. What do you do? Oh, really? How interesting. Silence. Void. No more to ask. No more to say. Hundreds of faces. Lurking, flirting, chattering, chattering about nothing, nothing, always nothing. Vacant possession. Hundreds of faces concealing what? Laughter, brilliance, pain, anguish, loneliness? Nothing at all, maybe. Surely not. Surely not. Standing, waiting and wanting life to come through the door, for life to cast her magic spell on them, on us, the waiters. I used to work in an engineering consultancy office. This poem is about one of the tracers, Mia, who was about 75 and had retired from the company three times, but always came back. It's called Epitaph to Mia. She works at a board, meticulously penning the drawing, making sense and order from our careless sketches. Her life absorbed in paper and pens and ink. She seems content to sit behind the blind in a pool of patterned light slow shoaling dust describing the rhythm of her peace. She sits not hunched, but as a maîtresse de ballet, Prussian, with eyes that see all and know all and burn with a ferocious light. One day I asked her, Berlin before the war, what was it like? Her eyes fixed instantly, and a fat rolling tear seemed to recount some unspoken horror. Forgive me, I said. Please sit now in peace and bask there in the shade. We were a happy band in that office. We had a laugh most days. Until one afternoon, when our world changed forever. This poem is called Death in the Afternoon. 
Management incompetence brought it on. Arrogance and pomp is downfall. A creeping fate all of us felt months ago, but would not speak of, as though to say it would make it happen the more so. Fateful day, two o'clock. White envelopes with surgical edges waiting to dispense their deadly cut. Routed workers plunge headlong into their tasks, hiding forlornly, hopelessly among the projects. Wounds mopped up by words of healing, relocation, merging, outplacement. A cheap antiseptic, no substitute for sutures. The other department unscathed, gloating, smiling at our fate. Like laughing policemen's heads at fairs. Grey people with no arteries or veins. From my experience, modern working life in offices is not much fun anymore. People can be broken and crushed by it. This poem is called Dalke et Decorum Est Pro Labore Mori. Loosely translated, it means it is sweet and fitting to die for one's work and alludes to a First World War poem by Wilfred Owen. Steve won't be in this morning. He held it together for so long. The job, the mortgage, the family. Stoic and silent, he started to slip away. Slowly, steadily, step by step. Until at Surbiton, awaiting the 7.38, he stepped off the platform suddenly and caught the 7.30 fast to Waterloo from Woking. Steve won't be in this morning. There was a time when the mortgage interest rate on my tiny bedsit went up to 14%. This poem reflects how I felt while travelling on a tube train and gazing out of the window, and how moods can change in a moment. It's called April Morning. Raindrops gingerly descending the steaming tube window. Blind man and dog flickers by down the platform. Mortgage check bouncing around the darker recesses of my mind. Grey April morning past Wilsdon Green. On and on the train clatters past Dollis Hill and beyond. Suddenly a shaft of sun bursts through the gloom, turning the rain into a sparkling shower and spotlights vivid pink blossom beside the rails. Spring has returned. I've always enjoyed visiting country churches. They're such peaceful places. A place where you can sit for a while and just breathe out, letting the lovely thick, dusty silence wash over you. My final poem is called Country Church. 
I feel the roots and timelessness of this place. This church stands here for a thousand years. The sun and wind and ripple of the wind in the flag whisper a spirituality, a oneness, a focal point, a crossroad of earth and flesh that transmit a rhythm of Mother Earth. The oak door with a dried flower spray above it. The tidy, trusting piles of prayer books in the pews. The shows of daffodils. The polished brass of the memorials. Attention and love have kept this church a thousand years. Its tranquil vapours exude from the stone and sedate me. Grown out of the earth, an organic living entity, not animal nor plant, but grown from the cycle of life and love, that life force that has soaked into the stone, the inextinguishable love force that never dies, that spreads out like ripples on a pond. We are all stones in the pond, lapped by the ripples. Thank you so much for listening to my poems. I hope you've enjoyed them and feel inspired to write your own. Don't forget your notebook. Thank you to Alan Lockhead for this month's listener contribution. You can read more about Alan and his work in the show notes for this podcast. We're always delighted to read your contributions. So if you'd like to see your words in Write On or hear them on this podcast, please get in touch. We'll share this link and all others mentioned in today's podcast as part of our show notes. I've been Tiffany Clare and you've been listening to Write On Audio. Write On Audio is produced by Chris Gregory and it's an alternative stories production for pen to print.